I come to destroy the law and the prophets. So do you keep the whole, the whole, do you keep the full law? I'm not saying you keep the all 613. Cause I know you got, you got laws for, for the priests. You got laws for, for women. You got laws for, for the land. I'm just talking about like, cause see, that's why I get mad when people say, Hey, you know what? You're trying to keep 113 laws. No, you can't even do that. Cause you know, the sacrificial system is gone. Ain't no priest. Ain't you not in the land. So how I'm going to do all 613. But so to, I know the Hebrew Israelites teach to, to be saved, you have to keep the commandments. If you don't keep the commandments, you're not saved at all. And so we, do you agree with that type of teaching? If you don't keep the commandments, you you are not saved? Because I don't identify as like a, a a Hebrew. I'm not mad at anybody who does. Well, I'm not mad at anybody who keeps um the law as long as they don't lift the law over Christ. I think I'm fine with it. I don't see that. I get mad when people trying to say, ah, oh, they trying to get super religious. They trying to get super religious and this and that. And that's why I heard, I heard Dr. Michael Brown say one day, he said, you know, cause you like trying to get Jews who convert to Christian Christianity to forsake the Sabbath and forsake the law, like just forsake all their Jewish identity and put on this Christian American identity. He like, no, if a Jew is a Jew and he want to convert, he want to still keep the Sabbath. Okay. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that in my eyes. So I just want to know, like, what are the certain commandments to keep? Well, put it like this. As an Israelite, once I believed that I was Israel, if I was uncircumcised, I would get circumcised as a man. If I'm already circumcised, because in American custom and a lot of these hospitals with, you know, Judeo-Christian techniques, a lot of American Children just are willingly, they mothers going, yeah, y'all can circumcise the boy. They'll circumcise you on the second day of your life in American hospital. Most of us, mo- a lot of American males are circumcised and their parents weren't religious. Why? Because it just became a customary practice on some, they would explain the, adva- the, the, the health advantages of circumcising a, 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 a male child foreskin. That's why a lot of American boys are circumcised. Now, it ain't got nothing to do with religion, right? So, our sons, when we have our sons, we circumcise our sons on the eighth day of their life, according to the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant ain't went nowhere. No one can prove the Abrahamic covenant went anywhere. We keep the dietary laws, meaning what? That out of all the things on the earth, all of it didn't have nothing to do with ceremonies at the temple. Because when the Lord said, don't eat nothing that come out the water, in the dietary law, God said, out of all things that men find in the water, he said, whether it be the rivers, the streams, the oceans, or the lakes, if you pull it out the water and it don't have scales and fins, don't eat it. Well, bro, we, the, the children of Levi never put fish on the altar as a sacrifice. So when people relegate the dietary law, oh, well, the dietary law only got something to do with that. I say, bro, that's a lie. Even out of all the things that creep on the earth, he said, you shall not eat the things that fly through the air or creep on the earth on a whole bunch of legs. He said, but out of them all, the grasshopper, the cricket, and the locust, those you may eat of things that creep, but nothing else in the insect world can you eat. Okay, I don't eat insects at all. But guess what? If I was that hungry, the Lord told me, yo, if you wanted some meat, you want some, you want protein from meat, man, go get you some crickets, man. You can, you can eat some crickets and grasshoppers. 
what I'm saying is I'm only going to that extent because people have said the dietary law found in Leviticus 11 and then found again in Deuteronomy 14 only has something to do with the ceremonial sacrifices of the temple. Yo, fish ain't got nothing to do with sacrifices at the temple. You understand my point, brother? I understand your point. So do does somebody have to keep the law t- in order to be saved? Like somebody who's no, not keeping it. No, I thought Peter spoke more eloquently than anyone. Right. <laughs> now, this is the thing. People are confusing the, the code I've chosen to live my everyday life when it comes to diet, when it comes to how I treat my neighbor. Everything I do don't just come out of my own mind. See, some Christians have taught this, and I believe this is errant. In their own mind, once you have Christ in you, you just going to know the difference between right and wrong. I'm going to say you probably knew some difference between right and wrong before you ever heard of Jesus. Yeah, I think yeah, That's Romans, right. you yeah. heard the gospel, you were finished. Yeah, Romans 1 talk about it like you know the law before because Gentiles who are who don't know the law and the Jews who have received the law. So you know the law before you even are saved. Because you got something in your conscience, conscience. but this yeah. is the flaw of the conscience. The conscience will excuse something. It will. That guy got a problem. Yep. So when some people, Christians claim that they've come into this Christ conscience, bro, the apostles still said, um, let's go to Acts 15. We good, right? We can read the Bible. Oh, on your show, oh yeah. We read the Bible all day on this show, man. That's what we do here. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm being facetious, of course. You know that's what we do here at the Daily Thing. Okay, so we're going to go to Acts 15. Because this is the one that, and, and I also hate the word Judaizers. Protestant chose to make that the word. Meaning if someone try to even recommend anything out of God's law to you. Yeah, they're, they're Judaizers, yeah. That's trash. And I'll say this. I'm being respectful, but if anyone has an issue with what I'm saying, please feel free to reach out to me. But the brother can give you the way to reach out to me. through the. He reached out to me once he found out my social media presence. He found me on social media and he direct messaged me. And that's how I'm here today. You could do the same thing. Everything don't have to be a debate. Everything, Everyone don't do a podcast. You and I can simply get on the phone or do a Facebook video conference, whatever it takes if God gives us both the time to come together and talk about these things. Here in Acts, do you know one thing that many brethren forget about these people they call Judaizers, brother, in the book of Acts here in chapter 15? That these were believers in Christ. The only reason they even went with Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem to stand before Peter and James and the elders was because they were believers in Yeshua. Jews who rejected Christ ain't coming to Peter and James to have a discussion about nothing because they don't accept them as having any authority. Most Jews lived under the authority of the Pharisees still after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So when most people read, they make it seem as if these just some plain Jews coming, trying to make people turn from Jesus. Now you got to keep all the commandments. No, These guys were just like Paul and Barnabas. They were all Jews who were followers of Yeshua. That has to be established. That's the context of what's happening. And they're being told, Peter and them. Remember, Acts chapter 10 is the first episode with Gentiles. And it happened in Judea. 
So Peter and them are teaching all their brethren. Yo, God has given his Holy Spirit to people from other nations who come into him. Peter said in Acts 10, God has shown me that in all nations, those who do righteousness are acceptable to him. And when the Holy Spirit fell on them Italians, Peter and them couldn't deny it. And when they went back to their Israelite brothers who were followers of Christ with them, they said, brothers, we heard y'all went to Gentiles. Peter said, yeah, and I didn't go by myself. These brothers was with me. And guess what? The Holy Spirit fell on them Gentiles, and they started speaking in tongues like we did at Pentecost. How can we deny them? And they said when they heard that, they all shouted and gave God glory because God was showing them something different was happening. He was taking the power from the Pharisees and through Christ was now opening up what? Access to him to all people. So here in Acts 15 and 1, certain men which came from Judea, these are believers in Christ, said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. So good brother, as we read this, and of course we're not going to read it all. The whole context is you got some Jew some Israelite believers in Jesus who then popped up on some of the brethren and came telling them, y'all know that if y'all don't keep all of the customs of Moses, then you, you can't be saved. Meaning what you can't, that you won't have no favor from the father through Christ. That's the context about what being able to be saved being forgiven from your, for your sin. That's what this is about. This isn't about telling them, hey, since you're saved, yo, study Torah and find out the things God's been telling Israel for years is, uh, on, on how to live holy. See, that wasn't what was said. Yeah. That's not the conversation. The conversation is, man, if you're not going to keep Moses, then you can't be saved. And that's a lie. Paul and Barnabas, who, by the way, were strict law keepers, said, no, nah, brother, no, nah, brothers. And guess what? It said, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them. Do y'all know what that means? They argued about this. Right. They determined that, Look, listen to this. These brothers said, Paul and Barnabas, y'all need to come with us to Jerusalem and we're going to bring this to the apostles and elders and see what they got to say. Do y'all see what's happening? Okay. So they go there. It tells you it was a big discussion. Listen to this. They were come to Jerusalem. They were received of the church, the apostles and the elders, and they declared all the things God was doing with them. But there rose up certain from the sect of the Pharisees, which what? Which believed the Nicodemus types, Pharisees who have converted to Jesus. They're believers. Guess who else was a Pharisee who believed? Paul himself. Okay. But a certain sect, listen to this, not all the Pharisees who were believers, but a certain group from the believing Pharisees said, yo, it's needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses the apostles and elders came together to consider it. When there had been much arguing, Peter rose up and said, men and brethren, you know how a good while ago, God made choice among us that the Gentiles, 
by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which know the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did to us. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, why do you try to tempt God and put a burden on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? What was Peter saying? Peter was saying, yo, y'all know that our, us and our fathers have had this covenant. And y'all know what we have done? We have not kept it. So if we haven't even kept Moses correctly, but that didn't save us. Christ saved us. Not our keeping or our attempt to keep the law. But guess what? Some people read this and act like Peter and them all put the law down. Brother, you know they didn't. Mm -mm. They were strict law keepers, but what was the argument? What is saving us? What gets us into the grace of his son? Believing. So y'all know that when I met the Gentiles, they, them Gentiles didn't keep law. Them Gentiles just believed in what I told them about the master and his resurrection and his promise if we would repent and the Holy Ghost fell on them. So why are you trying to do to them brethren who want to believe? Why do you want to try to put on them something that we couldn't? So you know what Peter was saying? Even though we all keep the law. Right. We can't be we saved, were not saved by the law, but this that. this happens when you bring up um Acts fifteen um verse ten. A lot of people say, "Oh, you talking about law? You talking about keeping the law? You keep talking about keeping a dietary law?" But Paul and Peter in here, they're talking about we couldn't even keep the law. So why are you trying to keep the dietary law? So that's what I hear a lot. Oh, so. Of course, that's not what it is. We know we know better than that. You know how we know better than that because. We get, when you get to Acts 21, when Paul come back years later, James and them was like, yo, it's rumors that you teaching Jews who believe in Christ, but they live in the Mediterranean. They don't live here in Jerusalem. So that means they're not here practicing Torah with us, but they do practice Torah everywhere they are. There's rumors, Paul, that you've been telling Israelites who believe that now that they believe in Christ, that they have to stop keeping the law of Moses. And Paul proved that that was what? A lie. Paul never was telling Israelites to stop keeping the law, but at the same time was never telling Gentiles, you have to stop keeping the law in order to be saved. Right. So Paul never stated that you have to keep the law, or Peter never stated you have to keep the law to be saved. And that's what right. I'm trying to get... And you you stating the same thing. You don't have to keep the law to be saved. But I will say, if you are saved, then what's the problem with studying and learning God's law and finding out? Let the Holy Spirit show you out of the law what applies to you. Right. Let me give you some examples. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You were about to say right. something. Go ahead. Because, like, this comes back to, like, when I first started, like, studying the Bible, just start studying the Word of God. I was studying the Old Testament. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know what? Start off in John, start off in the New Testament. And I'm like, oh, ain't that kind of backwards? Don't it start at the beginning? Because I want to really understand what's going on. But I really started in Matthew. But I was lost when I got to Paul writing because he was talking about the law so much. I said, this Paul, he mentioned in the law a lot. So this must be important. So let me go back, 
retract my steps and go see what he's talking about in the law. And I saw some things in the law that I ate, like, not eating shrimp, type of fish, stuff like that. Um, even, like, obedience. And I saw God's mercy in the law on me now, like, through Christ. Like, man, man, you better be glad that you saved because the wrath of God is for real. And I was, You know what they make the law of God to be? The Jews' way of living, right. and they just happen to serve God. No, God gave them this way to live, and they said they would do it, and they didn't. See, that's different, because when the law comes from God, where did God ever tell you he changed his code? His mercy and grace isn't new. He's just fulfilling his promise to Abraham. All the nations of the earth will be blessed in thee. How? Because through Christ and the church, which starts with nothing but Israelites at first. Right, and that's what a lot of atheists and Christians get messed up at. They start thinking that, okay, it's two separate it's two separate deities. Like, okay, God of the Old Testament, God of the New Testament. I mean, God is still the same in the old as he is in the new. He's still merciful. They say, oh, God is a God full of wrath. He's doing this, he's doing that. He's destroying all of this in the Old Testament. But you come to the New Testament, he's doing, he's kissing everybody, touching everybody. But I'm like, have you not read, did you read? Revelation? Did you read any of the Gospels? Did you see how he talked to the Pharisee? Like, he's still a God of wrath. He's still a God of mercy in both Testaments. I want to read something right quick. And you may have heard me bring this point up in the um, in the interview that made you, you know, that I believe, I'm under the impression that interview is what made you familiar with me being out here. Um, Check this out, brother. If we go to the book of 1 Timothy 2, if we go to 1 Timothy, uh, uh, nope, hold on, not that one. Nope, I got the wrong one. I'm, I'm going to find it right quick. Hold on, it's not 1 Timothy. It is... Uh, hold on. Where is it? Oh, here we go. I'm going to go to First Corinthians 9. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, now, brother, when, when when you hear the book of Corinthians brought up, what audience are you understanding the Apostle Paul was writing to? Gentiles. For the most part, Gentiles. Now, you of course, there would be Jews among them. Among them, yeah. But he's writing to the Gentiles because he's Gentiles. the Apostle too, the Gentiles. The Gentiles, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's go here. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says this. Nine and one. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not you my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of my apostleship are you in the Lord. My answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles? And as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas, have we not power to forbear working? Who goes to war at any time 
on his own dime, basically. That's what he's saying. Who plants a vineyard and eats not the fruit? Who feeds a flock and eat not the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or or say if not the law, the same also. Hold on. Why in the heck would Paul even expect? Why didn't he use some Greek construct? Why is he talking to a Gentile audience as if they would even know that the law says that? If they weren't being taught the law. If Gentiles under the leadership of the apostles wouldn't have been familiar with this. Am I saying these things as a man or does not also the law say this? For it is written in what? The law of Moses. Hold on, bro. Why would this Gentile audience know this agriculture law? Daddy, you about to bring Yeah. It seems like Paul just using this as an uh, analogy to get them to understand. He's using it as an analogy, but the analogy is built on a principle that is viable. So if you understand what God is teaching you by this law, then you also understand the spirit of it. Yeah. There's a spirit to it. So when the Bible says we don't we don't live by the letter but by the spirit, it's not saying throw the letter away. It's saying that if you're going to be righteous, the letter on paper isn't what you live and by, but that letter on paper can be used to do what? To put something in your conscience. And once it's in your conscience, brother, it manifests in a spiritual principle. Right. So guess what? Yeah, that's what I would say. I would say that the law get, brings knowledge. It just it doesn't bring salvation. It brings it knowledge. Bring, it it yo, bro, does not bring salvation. Only salvation. Yo, bro, come on. In any law, what, bro, let me ask you this. If you, if you run a red light on purpose, that joint turned red, you was right, but you just trying to burn through it. It done been red for five seconds and you went through it on purpose. I'm beating this joint. I don't care. I got to get where I'm getting. What is written in the penal code of your city or state that you can get away with that? What mercy is written in the letter of the penal code? There is no mercy in any law code. It is nothing but instruction. Do you know where the mercy always comes from? It's in the hand of the police officer who will pull you over. Mm -hmm. Or in the hand of the judge at court who you're going to have to go in front of for your traffic infraction. A police officer can pull you over. You on the interstate, it said you're supposed to go 65 and they catch you doing 90. Right. Do you know that that cop can pull you over and say, yo, Yo, bro, you know you got, I clocked you at 25 miles over the speed limit. And what if he see that you're like, yo, officer, I'm sorry. No, you're right. You have broken the law, haven't you? Yeah. But what if he see that your wife is in the back seat 
and she got a baby head coming out. You like officer, we were on a trip. I had my wife, I had her getting out the house, having her walk around because she in her last week of pregnancy and her water bust in the park officer in the nearest ho- her hospital, 10 miles away. I'm just trying to get her there, bro. Once the officer sees the intent of what you're doing, he can make a decision that there's a difference between you joyriding and you just blowing 90 because you love your car. You just want to open your car up on the highway and thought you wouldn't get caught versus you have an emergency. When he pulled you over, I don't care what your situation is. You have broken the law and you know it. But he can have mercy and what? Let you go and he may escort you. You know what? Let's get her there. You ain't got to do 90, homie. But you know what? You can hit 80 and I'm right behind you. Yeah. The, the mercy is with the person who administers law. So our mercy and our ability to receive clemency to be justified to be like yo i'm letting you go i could have put you to death did the law keep king david alive brother when he committed premeditated murder and adultery not at all so david wasn't saved because he was law keeper david broke the law david told us it was the salvation it was the mercy of god that brought him salvation yeah. So how is it any different for you and I? And what is happening is that while Christians from all over <clears throat> might read the Bible and see some cool things in the law, they see some cool things there. What they have done is they have even, they unknowingly, they have even pointed to the early church as being evil. Because the entire early church, up until Paul and them were used 20 years after the fact, to start to establish the gospel abroad and Gentiles started to believe, the entire early church, under the leadership of Peter and James and them in Jerusalem, they were all strict law keepers until the day they died. And they were Christians. Yeah, but they still didn't trust in the law to save them. See, that's the thing about when people start trusting in the law. So would you... Um, well, what does it mean to trust in the law? See, this is the thing. Pete, they were already saved. Yeah, they were already saved. They already proved what they trusted in. Christ, now I'm going to live my life righteously as much as I can according to the law, but understanding that what did the apostle say? If any man do sin, 1 John 3 and 4 says sin is the transgression of the law. So how is the law gone anywhere when you can still be called a sinner? I guess you people will say... You cannot be a sinner if the law doesn't exist. I guess people will say that it's not the law of Moses, the law of Christ. That's corny. Too. They have to say what the law of Christ is. Now, if you're going to go there, go ahead and give me the list that is the law of Christ. You can't do it, man. Right, because it's only... You know, Chris- I have heard Christians say that, but there is no list. They'll say the law of Christ is to love your neighbor as yourself and to love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul. Jesus told you all the law and the prophets hang on that. 
So if you think loving your neighbor is yourself and loving God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, according to Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, is truly the law of Christ, then Jesus himself told you everything you'll find in the Torah really is either one of those. Right. So this, I've just, so how about the people who don't just keep the law at all? Like somebody like me who like doesn't keep the Sabbath and things of that nature. Well, this is the thing. Anything not done in faith is sin. sin. Yes. So the whole thing is, if it's not something you paying attention to, it don't mean it can't condemn you. I'll give you and, and what I mean, and it will condemn you. And you want Christ, you want the Father through Christ to what? Not hold that condemnation against you. So I'll give you an example. And you may have heard me say this in the interview you saw me in. You know, there's a lot of Christians around the world who eat blood in their food. Oh yeah. I mean, Paul, they even told the Gentile not to eat meat with blood in it, but there's a, yeah. What Christian can eat blood in a food and be innocent? You can't. I mean, they told the Gentile the don't eat it. God, the mercy of God on you is what's what? Not condemning you to eternal life, but you still might have some issues in your mortal life. Yeah. from eating blood in your food. Christians are told not to eat anything sacrificed to idols. How well versed are Christians in the depth of what idolatry possibly represents in the world today? You got many American Christians who eat stuff sacrificed to idols all the time, but they think idolatry only shows itself in the form of bowing to uh, like a Hindu, you know, Krishna statue or something. American Christians have been fooled to believe that almost like there is no idolatry going around. I wouldn't say majority of the idols of America and how many Christians not only worship the idols of America, but even eat the things sacrificed to the idols of America. That's a deep question. And I challenge brothers and sisters to understand that Idolatry in your country is just a more clever idolatry, just as racism in the society is a, is a more clever form of racism. It's hidden even though it's in your face. Right. Okay, so... Christians are eating things sacrificed to idols. They are in all kinds of fornication, and they are eating blood in their food, but yet they're... There, there, there is nothing that can happen. God can't hold that against them. And they can do that for the rest of their life. But they say, nah, homie. And I, I, and, and I don't got no problem saying this either, just in case, because I'm not sure what the total makeup of your audience is. Uh-huh. Neither do I understand all of your beliefs, for that matter. Yeah. I am not the once saved, always saved guy. I don't believe that. So I just wanted to let that, I just want to let that be known for the record. Just for the record. Yeah, you're not the guy and that said that you can, when, when you say you can just do whatever you want and you fine. And you fine. Yeah, I'm not that guy I either. am under the impression that you can be saved. I believe that no matter what, the church is saved. 
Israel, hey, let me ask you this, um, brother. According to your understanding, I'll give you an example of how I understand. Because we serve in the same God. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means how he was with Israel in the wilderness is the same way he is with the church now. It's just that Christ has been revealed. Were the children of Israel saved out of Egypt because they kept the law? Not at all. No. They were saved simply because of a promise. You and I, and every so-called believer in Christ has been saved, brother, simply because of the promise. One. Now, let me ask you this. Was Israel saved out of Egypt? They were. Did Moses say, stand back and see the salvation of Yah? He did. Okay. Did a whole generation die in the wilderness over a 38-year period? They did. And their children went into the went in with Joshua? Yeah. In college? So Israel was still saved even though a whole generation died in the wilderness? Yeah. So Israel is saved. But individual people got to endure until the end, homie. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he who endures till the end, the same shall be saved. That's what Jesus said out of his own mouth. He who endures until the end, the same shall be saved. So what I'm saying is this, brother, predestination and all of these doctrines that have come out of Protestant theology, I get it. And I understand it and I don't disagree with it. But in certain ways that some parts of it is explained, I'm like, no, it's not that you and me sitting here can say, I don't care what I do. Bro, I got baptized some years ago. I walk in Christ and there is nothing I can do to lose my salvation. Mine. Well, I think that you better take, what did Paul say? I'm sorry, not Paul, but whoever the writer of Hebrews is. What did he say? Don't let the same example of unbelief take you out. Like it took them out in the wilderness because they had no faith. So don't be in the church and wind up in the end being proved to have no faith. You haven't even lived your whole life yet. And cats thinking that they just saved because they have confessed Christ and they walk in the newness of life. I'm saying whether you or I fall off or not won't stop that. Who is saved? The church. The church is saved. It's guaranteed. We have been saved. We have been called up. But as Paul is saying that, Paul ain't saying that everybody who's hearing this letter is guaranteed. He's talking to the body of Christ. The body of Christ is saved. Brother, I pray that you and I, through the mercy of God, by his Holy Spirit, will continue to live and please the Father in a way that allows you and I to endure until the end. And with that, you know what happens? In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul told the church, y'all was supposed to ask God to take away from y'all this brother who was in an adulterous relationship with his stepmother. He was sleeping with his daddy's wife. It was trash when Reuben did it to Jacob. Yeah. And it was still trash in the New Testament, man. And Paul said, yo, I'm not judging the world outside. He said, but as it is written, 
put away from among yourselves that wicked one. Where, where did Paul get that from? You know, he got that from the law. But what was the spirit of the law? Now, you're not in no position as a Corinthian believer in Christ to what? To stone a man to death because he's in an adulterous relationship with his right. daddy's wife. But you know what you can do? I will still keep the spirit of the law. In the Old Testament, the law literally said, put away from your, you shall stone him. And in doing so, you shall put away from yourselves the evil. But the spirit, if I'm not in a literal position to do that, in the spirit of that, I will still step away from a man or a woman who claim to be a brother or sister in the faith, and, they, and that's how they live it. And do you know what that's doing? It's still doing the spirit of what the law says. Bro, the law haven't gone nowhere, but we practice the law. For those who see the righteousness in it, we practice it, and in our real life, the application of it actually teaches us more what it means, not just the literal sense, but what is this teaching me? How many Christians, if Paul wouldn't have told them, would have understood that the law of not muzzling the ox that tread the corn, we didn't read it all in First Corinthians uh, yeah. 8. He wasn't really he talking said, about yo, oxen. Yeah. It wasn't. No, the law literally is talking about, about ox, But it wasn't for the ox. It wasn't for an ox to read it and yeah. tell you how to treat it. You were supposed to know how to treat this animal, but what's the spirit of it? You're using the energy. You benefit from this animal plowing the field for you to eat. And you want to muzzle it and not allow it to freely eat what it's creating for you? Paul's saying, yo, with your worldly goods, if you the flock, he said, I, if I ain't apostle to nobody else, I'm an apostle to you. So what makes you think that you're not obligated to help me in my life? And Barnabas, the same way that if a man taking care of a flock of sheep, he get milk and butter and even the wool from it. If a man go to war to fight on the behalf of the other people, aren't soldiers taken care of out of a budget that come from the money from the from the country? Ain't no game telling no soldiers, hey man, we need you to come fight, but you gotta buy, you gotta you gotta pay for all your meals, you gotta buy your boots, you gotta buy your guns, you gotta pay rent at the barracks where you taking basic training. Isn't there a budget that really comes from the collective money of the citizens that provide for the soldiers? Paul saying, what man who going to go to war, go to war, and he got to pay to go? What, and what did he use? He said, am I saying this on my own, or do the law also teach this? Don't it say in the law of Moses, you don't muzzle the ox that tread the corn? So brothers and sisters, learn that. Learn the principle from that. But I do also challenge this. You may have heard me say this to my guy. Shout out my man, Ruslan. Brother, because you and I live under American, westernized, European culture, you and I, yo, let, let me ask you this. Where do you get your food from, bro? Where do you purchase your fruits and vegetables and meat? I don't know. Maybe you're a vegan or something. If you don't eat meat, <laughs> where do you get your organic stuff? From? Where do you get your food from, homie? The store, grocery store. Got to get it from grocery store. You get it from the grocery store so that so so you don't, Okay, good, good. 
do you know that that still in great parts of the earth, many of our fellow believers in Christ live in places where they are. Some of them are poor, and all they got is their plot of land they inherited from their family, like right. in the countryside of India. You know how many Christian believers are peasants who live in the countryside of India, and they actually still to this day, you know how they get their food? They get up in the morning and they hit them fields in the beginning of growing season, and they have ox. They got donkeys, man, and they make them plow the field for months, growing their crops. If you as a Christian believer, brother, visited, because you told me with InterVarsity, you've actually, they actually send people to other countries and all yeah, that, right? Yeah, they send other people to other countries and everything. So if you, let's say you're, the Christian organization you with sent you all on a mission trip to go and help serve poor Christians, who have been converted to Christ and they live in these bare, all these rural villages in India. And you went over there and you serving brother and you read the Bible and you read God's law. You even just go as far as reading what Paul said. If you saw an Indian brother or sister who is a believer plowing their field, they family plot with their family animal, but you've seen that they had the animal muzzle while he was working on their behalf. Would you as a Christian say, damn, Paul kind of quoted that law. But you know what? Jesus came, so really the only purpose of the law is to teach me how to treat men. It's okay now, even as a Christian, to muzzle ox when they tread the corn. See, most Christians have only seen the principle, but yet neglect to realize you do know there are still many. There's billions who live on the earth, and they use animals to still work the land. If you as a Christian saw another Christian working their land and they don't let the animals eat freely while they're using the animal, would you say they cool? Would you say, oh, no, no, that's, it's good. Or would you say, yo, you know, I mean, I know we learned a principle for how we should treat each other, but that principle comes from a principle on how you were supposed to treat the animal literally. Brother, you need to go ahead and take that. Unless that you got the muzzle on because the ox be biting people. But if you just trying to stop him from you planting seed and if he go back, he eating some of it, brother, God provide. Not you muzzling the ox don't guarantee your crop. God will guarantee your crop, man. Take that muzzle off that ox and let him eat while he works, man. Yeah. Would you as a Christian say that? And if you do, then you know what you're doing? You're obeying God's law. And that's just that, man. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's what we um I do agree on is that the law does not save. Now, just for people who just don't want to save, for people who just don't want to keep the law, you know, who people want to, you know, eat rib, eat blood in it, eat, you know, meat and rare steak and all that. People who don't want to worship on the Sabbath, uh, things like that. Um, people who don't like, I, I, I'm fine with it. I don't I'm think with you. I, I don't think you're not saved. I'll tell you this. I'm not fine. With, I'm not fine with it. You're not fine? Not, okay. No, I'm not fine with it, but it doesn't mean I don't love them. And it doesn't mean that I'm judging them as if they're going to hell because of it. They will stand before God if they knew that's something that they shouldn't do and that's something they did. Or if they were ignorant to it and God just had the veil on their heart where it's just something they were never convinced they had to really pay attention to any of that. 
they will stand before the judgment throne of Christ, not the judgment throne of Zadok, because I may judge them all. See, man, if y'all don't understand, man, y'all going to hell, and then I turn around, and I'm supposed to have all this knowledge, and then I turn around, and I wind up, God forbid, sleeping with one of my great, one of my closest homies' wife. Yeah. Who, 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 see, so what happens is, bro, it's just like this. Put it like this. I don't know you, and I probably don't know anyone in your audience. But I know my mama. I know all my cousins, all my siblings, my aunts, uncles, all my homies I grew up with, some of my mans who, within the last five to ten years, get, they're going back and forth to prison. We grew up together. I'm walking this path. I still love them. My wife who I've been with for two decades. Man, I've been with my wife almost like my entire adult male life. Amen. Praise God, man, because it was the word of God. Y'all know it was the word of God that convinced me that I'm supposed to put down fornication and marry a woman if I'm going to be with her. Praise God. And that don't mean that I was just obsessed with her and I knew how to love her correctly because I came out of dysfunction as a young man. But the Holy Spirit, through its redeeming, and me wanting to really do this right before God, taught me how to love and fall in love and live selflessly for another person and not just my own game. But anyway, my wife got an entire side of family, my mother-in-law, brother-in-law, sisters-in-law, nieces, nephews, cousins. Bro, I don't like how they're living. Uh, the majority of them, I don't. Right. I'm not fine with the fact that they don't care about certain things. But do you know I have not condemned not one of them? And do you know that they know how I believe? And when life happens, they still look at me as one of the only people who they trust that they take seriously to live for God. And even though they know I don't agree with their lifestyle, bro, they will come down. They will come and sit with me. Do you know I literally have lesbians and homosexuals in my family? who know I don't rock with their lifestyle. No, I'm not fine with it. Cause, and I'm going to give you an example. And you may not say nothing because this might break your heart. You, I'm talking about you, bro. This might break oh. your heart. Oh. <laughs> and it might break the heart of everybody listening, male or female. I don't know. Do you know that while I was taught growing up to always look at a man suspiciously and with disdain, who had a physical attraction, a sexual attraction to another man. That was always something like, yo, uh-uh. But I'm going to tell you what I never had a problem with, and it wasn't until I read the Word of God that it told me it was an issue. I've never had a problem with two women being in a sexual relationship. And as a matter of fact, when I was selling drugs in the street, you know one of the things we always coveted to do? to be in a sexual encounter with two women and yourself. How about that? It wasn't just in my mind that it was something wrong with two women. Now, and, and I'm going to tell you how biased you can be in it. I didn't like females who try to be like a guy and they deal with a chick. If you two women who mess with each other, I wanted you both to be feminine. But y'all just like 
being sexually active with one another and just let me participate with y'all. Now, I've repented from that. But I grew up in my teenage years, coming into my young adult years, selling drugs in the street, being in hip-hop culture and all that. Yo, we never frowned on women being together. It was God's word that told me. I read Leviticus chapter 18, and it listed all of these things. And when I seen that, I was like, oh, wow. God got a problem with not just males, but even females who do that. So, bro, what I'm telling you is, is that God's commandments, yes, the Old Testament told me that. And I was like, and then now in my life, I got females in my family who are lesbians, bro. I got males in my family who are homosexual. And they know that I tell them, yo, according to God's law, this is not how he wants you to live. This is sin before him. Not that it's sin before me. I didn't make it up. Because when I talk to my female cousin, I'll be honest with her cousin. I've never had no issue with that. I'm only telling you it's a problem because it's a problem to God. I had to learn that it was a problem. It wasn't always a problem for me. Do you understand the point I'm making, brother? I'm understanding the point. Yes, I get it. I get it. So, yeah, the law reveals things that you did not understand at all that would sin. I had no problem Just like with it. Paul Even said, when I first heard it, I was He like, didn't know what covenant was until the law said you should not covet. And so. Wait, how, how many people believe that? So you mean to tell me no Gentiles converted to Christ will learn some things that God got a problem with. And it's not written in the New Testament. You won't find it in the four gospels and you won't find it in one letter of the apostles. It won't be until you study the scripture and find out, oh, oh, and then it be an issue. Right. It's crazy. And that's okay. It don't mean that it's saving you. Yeah. You, the Holy Spirit is what's saving you. But instruction, look, like Paul told Timothy, man, I'll keep it this simple, good brother. We, you and I, know that the law doesn't save him, right? Yeah, we law, know we this know that the right? yeah the law doesn't save at all. But Paul said the law is good if a man uses it right, and that's it. Right, that's, that's it. it. That's it, and yeah, that's what um. Because it's just a thing with the Hebrew Israelite; they make the law to save them. They don't put and, the uh, image so of Christ. So you know they're not saved. You know they're not saved because you know that's not right. Right, because the law cannot save. And that's the thing. So you you don't have to throw out the Old Testament and just keep the Psalms and just read Psalms and read the New Testament. No, the Old Testament, I, I believe it's good. I believe it is right. And I, and I believe if you want to keep the New Testament, you got to keep the Old one too. I mean, that's just what I got. Because in the Old hey. Testament, it's written about him, the one that you're trusting in. Hey, you know something that's interesting, brother? My, my church family, 10 years ago, we got into organics, right? And we brought, we own, in the city, we own about an acre-sized piece of land 
and we grow. We got a greenhouse on it and everything. And over the years, we've grown. Bro, we, we planted trees on it. We got cherry trees, plum trees, pear trees. We got strawberry patches, raspberry and blueberry bushes. We have elderberry bushes. And every year, the sisters will plant different herbs. You know, they plant watermelons, onions, bell peppers, corn, um, <coughs> pardon me, tomatoes, um, cabbage, cauliflower. All of this stuff would grow. And I told you today, I was coming from our land. We own thirty. We own a thirty-seven acre piece of land, out about an hour outside the city. And I was there today at our land, brother. Do you know? that when we actually farmed our land for the first time, I'm talking about we just every year, bro, every growing season we're out there. If it don't apply, it don't apply. But I'm going to tell you this. Do you know what we did in the seventh? And when it came around that it was going to be our seventh year to plant, we did. And whatever grows up out of every year, the strawberries come back by themselves. The trees produce a fruit. You might have some seed from tomato that was in the ground laying dormant, and you'll see tomatoes growing. Bro, that whole year, we let everything grow and die. You know why? Because we honored the spirit of the land Sabbath, meaning that we were going to let God show us that if I give you land and you're going to farm, every seventh year, just let it rest. Why? Not because it saved us. Like, we not, we just believe in the principle because the law isn't just about man. It's about the earth that we've been given stewardship over as well as the living creatures on it we've been given stewardship over. And we live in a whole bunch of societies that while we will spit on God's laws, we live in countries and even love countries and vote and we as Christians are even argue with each other about the politicians we back versus the other. And this country kills the planet. It kills farmland. It does, it, it does abominable things to produce large amounts of pigs and chickens and animals, not just because we need to eat that much, but because capitalism breeds an industry and animals are being given steroids to grow a year and a half quicker than they would in nature so you can kill them quicker. Brother, let every man and woman be convinced in their mind. I'm just totally convinced. I have seen nothing in society that parallel with the promises that God gives according to his laws. If you use it correctly. I see the principle. I pray I use it correct. That's it, good brother. Amen. So, man, this has been a great talk, man. Let's just wrap this up in two minutes. I think we agree upon most things. I feel like we agree and disagree. I know we both agree that the law cannot save nobody. We know that 100% fact, and we got people out here teaching that the law does save. When we know, come on, man. Pia, we, we just read it in Acts 15. You put a yoke on us that our fathers can keep. So if they couldn't keep it, you can't keep it. And so I we, we agree on that, but I don't know if we disagree about should um should we keep the law or should we not keep the law? I think I'm on the end of saying that if somebody doesn't keep 
I'm really saying the same thing again. If somebody doesn't keep the law, they're they're just they're just saved, okay. And if somebody does want to keep the law and does want to follow the, the principles of keeping the Sabbath, why um the 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 land that you just spoke in, that's fine, that's good, that's great. I think we should praise God for that. Hey, pra- praise God that you're doing that. Don't my thing is just don't bash somebody because they're following God's law, not for salvation. Remember that that's so key that people forget. That I am not hey. doing this land because I'm gonna be saved by doing this land. I'm doing no, this land because this is his I, word. But, but most people don't control their food source. I asked you where you get your food from. You said the grocery store. Right. I, of course I go to the grocery store too. But you look at land different when you actually farm it. You know something that we would you know something we were when we got our land, we said, you know what, we gonna make sure we don't do there's a lot we don't know. But the Lord told the children of Israel, when you find the land and you sow your seed, do not mingle seed in the ground. Y'all know it's people who mingle seeds in the ground and they create hybrid vegetables and stuff. God said, don't do it. See, if you don't think it applies, it don't apply. Let you be as Christian as you want to be and you go find land and you just go mingle seed in the ground. Whatever you get from that, I I ain't got nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say this. The brother and I clearly agree. The law will not save you. But keeping law has never condemned anyone either. And so I will say to this, understand the difference between someone saying, if you want to be saved, keep God's law and you'll be saved in Jesus Christ. Right. But it's also different to see someone saved in Jesus Christ and see certain practices they do and say, brother, that thing you're doing right there, I don't think you should do that, man. And God's law says this. I I believe you should follow God's law. I'm not telling him to become saved. When I met you, you were saved. That's what you told me. But I can see you live in a certain way and I can recommend that, yo, I don't think you should do it that way, man. I think you should do what God's law says. And that's a different conversation. Right. That's a different conversation. For any man. D- than salvation. Yo, yeah, that's a different conversation. Yo, you don't know the Lord? That's what's up. Or to tell a man who's saved and he doing some things and be like, well, brother, you will lose your salvation if you don't start to do what I'm telling you. No, I'm, whatever I'm saying to you is out of love. Your salvation don't rest in my hands. I haven't been given no license to sit and judge you and tell you where you're going to end up. Man, that's man, man, that's for Christ to do. Amen. The Father has put all judgment in the hands of the Son, not in the hands of those of us who have been saved in the Son. We hope that we would be on the right side. And I'm going to tell you all this, and I'm going to end it here, brother. First of all, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's great to just meet you like this, and prayerfully you and I will continue to build outside of this platform. Right. The police raid I was in, I was in a police raid back in 1999. And some stuff was found in the house that I was in. Now, it didn't belong to me, but I I just felt that at the time, God had used this opportunity to cause me to just be made uncomfortable in a situation where uh, it was a whole bunch of stuff I did where I broke laws in the streets, selling drugs. And I never went to I went I never went to jail for that stuff. You feel me? 
But I will say this. When I went in front of that judge and I got the same charges as my co-defendant, and that judge in that courtroom looked me in my face and said, because of your prior arrest history, because I have been arrested twice for other stuff, this is your, you know, your third arrest. I could actually give you one and a third years in lockup to three years because you broke the law. That law only said I broke it and I had to come before the judge to find out if he would have mercy on me or not. So guess what? I never did one in a third year to three years. The judge let me go on my own recognizance and allowed me to get put into an outpatient drug court program. And that was their decision of mercy. And you know what they did? They saved me from having to do what the law is written and recommended is the full penalty that that, that I can that I deserve or can be given. But it wasn't law. Even though I knew that, the law isn't what I was going to have a conversation with when I broke it. I had a conversation with the judge, and the judge had mercy on me. And guess what? I didn't go back out into the street and, save drug, and, and, and sell drugs again. Now, some people do. That's how I understand God's law. We have broken his law, the entire earth, not only the children of Israel. And how is it that they broke his law when they didn't know it? Because as the brother quoted Romans 1, the Lord saying, y'all should have known. But that lets you know how far gone our consciousness have become in sin that a lot of the principles of morality man forgot as he developed his nation. Just like that judge let me go. Still, I had to go through some things, but I didn't get the penalty I deserved. Man, I've been saved. I have done things that, according to God's law, I could have been stoned for if I got caught once. But through Christ and the change in humanity in the society I live in, I actually haven't been put to death for the adulterous relationships that I was in. I'm talking about I was messing with other men's women, y'all. And, the, and, and I paid for it in different ways, but I'm praying that because I have accepted Christ and repented, I will not spend eternity out of his presence because I did them things that, according to his own word, a man deserved death for that. Man. Praise God and thank God for his laws and thank him for his Christ that in spite of us breaking his laws has given us an opportunity to wipe all that trash off of our record as if we almost never did it, man. I can't believe it. Amen, man. Praise but God. But I do believe it. Amen. Praise God for his son. And Amen. I just want to um wrap it up what you said about um the law, since you're talking about the law here. Do you know a guy that goes by the name of Ray Comfort? What's that name? Ray Comfort. I don't know him personally, but I have heard. Uh, yeah, like comfort. that's how he spreads the gospel through the law. He takes the Ten Commandments. He goes on the street and he says that all men have broken God's law. He said, oh, are you are you a good person? Yeah, of course I'm good. Um, 
Have you committed adultery? Yes. Have you lied? Yes. Have you stole? Yes. Have you coveted? Yes. Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman um, <laughs> with lust for eyes already committed adultery. Yes. Oh, I mean, you done broke already about five commandments. And so, and, and they are aware of that through their conscience. Like, wow, I did break God's, I did break God's law. So man, I just, um, thank God for you, man. I thank you for coming on, man, brother. You don't even really, you don't even know me. You came on this show, man. I thank you for doing that, man. Just, can you just let people know how they can get in touch with you and stuff like that? Amen, bro. I appreciate it, man. And like I said, and, and you know, you came, you, you brought me on for this topic. If there's just anything dealing with the gospel, politics, like, yo, how do we get things, how do we get some people to change things? You know, we we care about our community. You know, we're both um, of African descent, and we see what's happening to African peoples all over the world. Maybe we want to talk about that. Whatever it is, bro, if you would like me back on your platform, you know how to get in contact. Um, for those of you who don't, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. At the God Hop MC, that's T H E G O D H O P letters M N C. The God Hop MC, and you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Zadok, Z A Y D O K. The God Hop MC. Thanks, man. Thanks, thank you, man, for coming on. So I hope y'all learned something from this. If you didn't, I don't know. You must ain't been paying attention. I mean, you talked about so many different things. We talked about Hebrew Israelite history, the difference between Hebrew and Christian, and a long talk about the law and plus as we even talk about this like stop saying people who are jews are not jews can we just stop saying it can we just stop saying people who are jews are not jews please can we stop you you, you just don't know you you don't have a clue right And, 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 and if you're saying that then how can you prove you one right how can you if you saying they the false, how you can prove that you won? So you saying that people like Michael Brown not a Jew? Okay, can you prove your Jewish identity then? Since you claiming that they not, if you go claim right. somebody is not something, you got to prove your own standing, man. That's how I am. God. You got to prove your Praise own standing, God. man. So thank y'all, Daily Thinkers, for listening, man. Remember, keep hoping, keep trusting, but most of all, keep putting your trust in Christ Jesus. I pray that y'all really learned something from this episode, man. Thank you, Zadok, for coming on, man. And to the end, Daily Thinker, just keep thinking. And we out. Appreciate you, Zadok. No doubt.